Welcome to the Business of Being Healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action. And I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for, filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. All right. Well, I am so excited to have you joining us today for another show here on the business of being healthy. And today's show is one that I think is going to take a few turns and you're going to want to make sure that you stay all the way to the end because we are not only going to be talking about entrepreneurship, motherhood, we're also going to be talking about how you can turn branded merchandise into a potential new profit center for your business, right? Instead of always, we always want to go like, what's the new thing, the new shiny object. It's like, how can we actually invest in what we're currently doing to, to grow more profit centers? So I love this. So with me today, I have Amanda Hoffman, who is the co-founder and CEO of Go to Market, which is a branding merchandise studio that focuses on sustainable, beautiful design. And they create custom print-on-demand swag shops for companies and brands of all sizes. Now, what's so neat about this that I just want to call off the top, Amanda, is we met on like another platform just randomly. And already I feel like the relationship has just blossomed. So I am so excited to have you here today. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to talking to you for quite some time. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, we met actually on Entrepreneurista, which is a really neat platform that I was introduced to from someone else. So I love it when you kind of make these connections and then you find like-minded people. I, I don't know what it was, but it was like a connection. We spoke and we're like, this is, you're, you're my people. Yes. Uh, I love that about these networking groups. It's like, you can really find people who, even though you don't live in the same part of the country as them, you find something that really feels connected and you feel like, you know, that person, even though you may not know them in person. I love that's well said, Amanda. Well said. Well, Amanda, tell us a little bit about your, like about go to market but just kind of the evolution, because this is your third business that you have opened now. Yeah. So I'll start with where I am now. Uh, so go to market, like you said before, it's a branded merchandise company, but our goal is to flip the script on branded merchandise and swag. We're trying to change the way that companies think about branded merchandise. Um, moving away from a bulk printing model where you're buying, you know, large quantities of things and you're handing them out at events um, and more to like a highly custom fashion forward digital store where companies don't need inventory and they don't need to worry about fulfillment. Um, I started this business when I learned about the print on demand technology. Um, and I was like, why doesn't every entrepreneur know about this. Everyone's still ordering merchandise in bulk and they find it really annoying and stressful. And there's too many t-shirt options and they get overwhelmed. Yeah. They're spending too much money. They're spending too much time. They're giving people things that they don't want. And worst of all, they're just putting their logo on everything and printing it, um, which is not interesting, not what people want and not uh, what is going to allow your 
gift recipients to keep things in the long run. So mm-hmm. we're really trying to come up with, to, to offer entrepreneurs efficient, easy, uh, accessible solutions to branded merchandise and swag. What's so cool about that, and I don't know if if you were listening, if you caught it, is she found a technology and she saw like the need that it hit the market. I think that so often we see that, but we don't take action. So I just want to commend you right off the off the bat that you like saw that and you like took action and implemented it, which is which is something that if if you're tuning in, it's all about action, right? You probably have ideas all day long. It's taking the action behind it. And here is Amanda's story, like showing the proof. Thank you. Yeah, it hit on a lot of my skills and interest at at once. I was looking for a business to start. I was really interested in retail, um, but I knew that I didn't want to actually go into retail. I knew that I didn't want to be a coach, but I wanted to be some kind of a consultant and work-life balance was the most important thing to me. And I just couldn't figure it out for a long time. So I really had my eyes open. I was saying yes to every volunteer opportunity you know, at my kid's school, it, you know, with my friends needing help and their different businesses just to try different things on. And when I saw this print on demand, having been an, a business owner before it like kind of all clicked and came together. So, um, I'll say that it was like part, I don't want to say it's like luck, but I, I very much had my eyes open and was looking for a long time. It was kind of like I was holding my metal detector out and it finally beeped. And I was like, here we go. I'm ready to start this business. That's so great though. Again, it's that openness, that openness that, that you were willing to, to see it when it came and, and hear the beep, like you said. So I absolutely love that. Now tell <laughs> us, like, take us back because this is your third business, you know? And, um, I love hearing that because all that says to me is lots of experience. Right. And it, <laughs> yeah. some people might be like, Oh, third business. Like, Ooh, what happened to the other ones? Like, no, like, that means you have lots of experience. So take us back to the beginning with your first business that was highly successful. Yeah. So I don't have three successful companies under my belt. I'll tell you that there are some wins and losses in here. So the first company that I started was a business called Urban Girl Squad. It was a networking group for women in their 20s and 30s in New York City. Um, and it got really big. We were doing 150 events a year. We were selling out of all of our events. It was popular. It was fun. It was crazy. I was working around the clock and I wanted to be working around the clock. So that was the right time and the right workload and the work-life balance, which was hundred percent work was where I wanted to be at the time. Uh, there was no work-life balance because work was my life. Like, and Mm -hmm. because I was doing events for women in my demographic in the city where I lived, it's just sort of all blended together. And that was functional for a while. So that, that worked out. Um, I sold that business in 2014, just before my son was born. So my daughter was born in 2012 and I ran the business full time and I was home with my daughter full time. So what that means is like any minute she was sleeping, any minute she was distracted doing something else. I was like, bing, bong, bang, doing stuff on like email. I was like, you know, I would like breastfeed her to sleep. And in the moment she was down, I would, you know, take her off pull up my glitter shirt and like go out, you know? And, um, it was crazy, but I, I still loved it in the beginning. But then when I was pregnant with my second, I was like, okay, the tank, the, the cup is full. 
there's no way to keep going at this like crazy pace. Um, and the business, you know, I had sort of grown out of it, right? Like I was at these events and, you know, the women would be like talking about their roommates and I'm like, you know, breastfeeding. So it, that's not to say that you can't run a business where like, you're not in the demographic, but like part of what made that business successful is that I was so eager to go out every day and find out what was new in New York city. And I was really driving that engine for like new, better, cool. And I was hustling all the time. And without that, it just wasn't going to keep going successfully. I mean, that's not to say that it couldn't have, obviously you can have a business and be successful as a mom, but the way that I had set up that business, it wasn't going to keep running like that. So I actually found a buyer. I managed to sell it. I sold it when I was 38 weeks pregnant, um, which was like really a miracle. And, um, then I was home with my two kids for a while. And I really, that was a choice that I had made. I really wanted to do that. Um, I enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy being, you know, sleepless and crazy and just like leaking and exhausted and like in a messy home. Um, and then when my son got a little bit older, I was like, I gotta start working. Like my brain needs another, I need to do this again. Um, and I developed a kid's toy that I felt really passionate about. I took a sewing class. Like I really loved it. I picked out fabrics. I did the whole thing. And then I met these women who were actually in retail. And when I realized the financial and time investment that it would take before I would see returns, I was like, oh no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, but I already had a brand. I had a website, I had a logo, um, I had told people about it. I had done like all this market research and it was really disappointing. Like it, that sucked. Mm -hmm. That really, really sucked. But again, I, I was just realizing that it would have been another urban girl spot. It would have taken all of my time and attention. And like, I really wanted to be home at least part-time with my kids. Um, so then it was still another two years before I, like I said, I had my metal detector out. I'm like, okay, I know I want to do something next. What's it going to be? I really had all of my eyes, ears, hands, feet open for opportunities for things that would work for me. And then this business came together. Um, and I am thrilled with it. And it's, I chose it very intentionally. You know, it's not, we're not saving lives. Um, we're adding joy to businesses. We're helping businesses be more efficient. Um, no one is living or dying by branded merchandise. So, you know, I do school drop-off, school pickup. Like I feel very balanced between the things that I want to do for my family. And, and I work really hard during the times that I'm available for my business. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much in that. So we're going to like step <laughs> back because there's so much in that. The first thing that I just like love is you, um, I'm trying to think it's like, you're this old soul, but please take that with a grain of salt in the sense that you had your daughter, right. And you were still hustling so hard. And when you were pregnant with your son, your second, right. Yeah. That you were like, Ooh, I don't know that my priorities align with this business anymore. And that alone, I, I gotta say, like, was that reflection kind of hard to swallow or was it very easy for you? 
was it hard or easy? I think I knew that it was coming for a long time. I think that I was running on all cylinders when I was, you know, you can't be full-time home with your kids and full-time working. Like that doesn't, that's not a thing for a reason. So I think I knew that there was going to be a natural combustion point. And, um, I realized that I wanted the combustion to be on my own terms. Right. So like I I could have, I could have continued, like I could have hired staff and I did hire staff, like more staff. I mean, to like take over my role for things, but it just wasn't the business I wanted to run anymore. Um, and I just knew that I would be more successful doing other things. And I was pretty burned out. It had been, you know, five or six years of working literally around the clock. Um, and I loved it. It, it really like filled me up and, and was successful and gave me so much confidence and joy. Um, and it was, it was time for it to end too. I I just love that because it, it's like, we, we sometimes can fall into this and, and you and I talked offline of this about that hustle, like culture, like go, go, go. You're in New York city. Like, I mean, talk about hustle culture, right? Like it's, you got to go, go, go. And then your, your priorities are changing, right? Like that was so great for your life and how fun before kids to build a business like that and do all of that. And then you were like, ah, this, this really doesn't fit my priorities anymore. And before it combusting on its own, you took the, you owned it and made it fully intentional on how you exited at 38 weeks pregnant, which is <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with how I'm proud of how that ended, that I was able to sell the business. I think it would have felt like more of a, like heavy air quotes failure if I hadn't done that. Cause then it would have felt a little bit more like quitting, but like selling your business is kind of like the fairy tale ending. And so I feel like I got that for myself. And I think that I wouldn't have felt so good about it if I didn't have that, if I'm being completely honest. Which, which I mean, like, again, when I said, I I didn't take that lightly. Like you meet anybody that is, has had multiple businesses successful or not. That is a lot of experience. They have a lot of wisdom. And so like you have that wisdom, you have that foresight to see. And, and looking back now, like whatever you build, you've now sold, like you've, you've had the experience of selling it. You have the experience of stepping away in your terms. You could do it again. You can replicate that, yeah. which is, which is so neat. Now I want to move on to the second business, the the product that didn't, Man. didn't come to fruition, <laughs> right? <bad> one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but was it, do you know what I mean? Like I know, actually... of course it, it, it taught me a lot about what I didn't want. You know, I hadn't had the experience of running a business that had any kind of balance. And when I saw these women not living the lives that I wanted, I, it, that was like the biggest red flag. And I was like, this is not right for me. I had, I I'm actually very grateful to these women. I had, um, I was invited to a lunch from a network group that's no longer around. Um, who are these women who were in like retail for like, one was like kids sheets, one was kids bibs or whatever. And they were talking about um, like going to this trade show and one was like, yeah, I think I'm going to be profitable this year. And I'm like, this year you've been in business like two or three years. I, I was like, no, 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 no. This is not right for me. I don't want to be going to trade shows and I don't want to wait to make money. So that was sort of that. And like, yeah, it was disappointing. It was also really disappointing. Even now, some people are like, what happened to that business? And I'm like, oh, 
that didn't work out. <laughs> you know, it's like, cause you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to put yourself out there and be like, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, I have friends who have had business ideas and, and they're, they like, keep it quiet. They keep it to themselves. It's like, you're going to no, go nowhere like that. Like you have to have the chutzpah, if I can use that Yiddish yeah. word to like move forward and tell people about something that you might fail at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause you got to get that feedback. You have to hear people say like, oh, I wouldn't buy that. Or, oh, why maybe you should do it. This, or what is that? Or what are you doing? Like if people are confused, you're, you're not communicating your idea well, or your idea isn't good. There's, and both are really big problems. Um, but you only know that from telling a lot of people. So I told a lot of people about the second business and um, the saddest part is that I really loved that toy that I made and I would have loved to see it in life, but mm-hmm. it wasn't the business for me to run. So, I mean, I, I am who I am, right? Like I, you can't change that. Well, and I think it's great. Like, I think it's a, a, a such an incredible quality, right? Because I think so often it's like, like thought of as being commendable, like, oh, you created the business for three years. Like you survived for three years to finally make money. I don't know about you, but like, I don't, I don't work for free, whether it's my business I own or when I was in corporate, I don't work for free. Like I have knowledge. I have expertise. I'm going to put my heart and soul in anything. I expect to get paid for it. That doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person for like realizing like, holy cow, I don't want to be here with this type of business. Like that business, I love the product, but the overall business and the lifestyle is not a match. And that like hit your core values that you were like, I'm out. That's a great thing. Cause, because could you imagine, and I know you have this feeling, I see it on you. And if you guys want to watch us on YouTube, I post all of these on YouTube too, but you could see it like that. It didn't work that like failure. And I share, I had like a, a huge loss, a business I had to shut down. I felt like a complete a-hole because I was like, oh great. I, I failed. And it wasn't like I failed. It was the business failed. I actually went for it but the business didn't work. And that's a very different mindset shift, mindset shift that you're sharing from a different perspective. And I just freaking love it. It's such a great thing. Yeah. Well, look, it's very easy for me to tell that story now that I have a third successful company, you know, in the time before I started this one, when it was like, oh yeah, that didn't work out. What are you doing now? Um, I'm still figuring it out. Like it's, it's uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable. And, but I also owned it because I knew like, what's the alternative? I'm going to like sink tens of thousand dollars of dollars into a product that I, for a business that I don't want to run, like that's equally crazy. So, um, that was that, you know, I just look being an entrepreneur is about being uncomfortable. Same as being an athlete, right? Like we just get comfortable being uncomfortable and like not exactly knowing what's next. And, uh, that's, you know, that's the way it goes. If you don't like that, then this is not for you. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's a muscle that you can strengthen. That's the 100%. one thing I will say is that entrepreneurship, that mindset, it's, it's, it's not like it get, it's not like it's, um, like, oh, it's no big deal. It just gets easier to like move through those situations when you're like, oh, I've been here before. Okay. This is how I got out of it. This is what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to focus my time. Here's how I'm going to do, you know, process damage control and like all of that stuff. You just like strengthen the muscle. 
I felt, yeah, I felt that a number of times, especially with my second child, you know, the things that like absolutely panicked me with my first kid, by the second kid, I'm like, like, I wasn't getting any more sleep. I wasn't any less uncomfortable, but I also knew it would end. Mm. Like, I I don't know with my first kid, whenever something was going on, I was like, every day is going to be like this day for the rest of my life. Like, I just had no foresight at all (laughs) business. Like, you know, if there's a slow period, I'm like, okay, it's a slow period. Slow periods suck. They're also temporary. You know, I'm not, the world didn't suddenly decide that, you know, the work I'm doing is not valuable or worth paying for. So it's just a period of uh, in time. Yes. I love that. Everyone go back and listen to that. It is just (laughs) a period of time. Now, one thing I want to talk about before we move on is the fact that you sold the networking company, right? Mm -hmm. A successful company and you stepped away like while your, you know, metal detector was on when it was ready for you to come back, you still stepped away. And I don't know too many other women that like talk about that right? It's always like hush, hush, or like, it's, it's this big deal. Or it's again, that, that badge of honor, like I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner. I do this. And then you have kids and you're like, I don't know that that's what I want to do anymore. I actually want to invest my time, which is capped, right? It's not unlimited in this area with my family. And you did it. How was that for you? Like what areas were maybe surprising in both a good way and kind of maybe some ways that you had to work through when you stepped away from the workforce to stay with the family for a few years. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard, especially in New York, you know, everyone's like, Oh, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And, uh, answering that question in the early years gave me a real pit in my stomach. And then I, you know, it's funny before we were recording, we were talking about like the perils of Instagram and how like, it makes you feel so bad when these people are just like, you can make, you know, this many dollars in this amount of time or this many followers in this amount of time. And it's all like crap, but like, there are some things like, you know, I was following a lot of, um, stay at home moms who were just like owning the language around that and saying like, I work at home. My work is with my family and that language empowered me. And, I also, you know, at the same time that I was struggling with it, I was also really proud of it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm home with my kids. What do you do? I'm home with my kids and I'm not apologizing. Just like, this is the choice that I made. This is what I want to be doing. It doesn't make me any less. Um, and it doesn't mean I won't work again, or maybe I won't, but like my value, I think that like, as moms and as entrepreneurs, like realizing, and this is something I've come to in this business, realizing that my, I have value aside from my kids, aside from my work, you know, aside from being an athlete, right. Cause like, I've also gone through a lot of injuries and it's like, who am I, if I can't run, for example, and it's like, you know, real self introspective stuff <laughs> to mm. be like, I am a human with value aside from these identities. And if you really believe that, then when someone says, what do you do? There's kind of no reason to feel bad because I'm still Amanda. I'm still the person that I am. I still have value aside from these things. Easier said than done, 100%. But, you know, I vacillated between those two things. And, you know, it was certainly harder after the second business, um, after I, I stopped trying to do that answering that question when I wanted to be working, but then wasn't. Um, but you know, then I would just like lean into my value again and like, you know, I found hobbies and 
I just was open to so many ideas that I, you know, I had fun having my metal detector out, you know? Yeah. So I love um, that. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love, um, I, I don't know if you caught it listening in, but it was the words that she used to describe what she was doing that almost gave you that power. It gave you that confidence. That is something that no matter what area, if you are growing a business, not stepping away, taking a, you know, the family, but maybe you take a step back in order to learn a skill or learn a behavior to then take a step forward. It's using that language, how you're describing yourself and what you're doing, the value you're adding to the community, to your family, to whoever you are around can literally take you through some of the most challenging places. So like, I love that you call, this is such a great episode. I love that you called that out because these are the little things that I think get overlooked. And I love that you're sharing that with us and, and that you were able to, you know, really articulate in such a way that I hope our listeners are picking this up regardless of what's going on in their life, right? Like whether you're a mom or not, or your kids are older or you're trying something new, the words that you use are extremely powerful. I agree totally. Then I think that you summarized it really well. Um, one thing I tell my kids a lot is, and this is very Brene Brown, um, but you know, the story that we tell about something matters, right? So like anything that you do in your day or in your life, you can describe in a crappy way, or you can describe it in an, in an exuberant way. And that actually really affects how you think about it. Um, so on a tiny scale, like the lunch I ate today was garbage, or, you know, oh, the lunch I ate today, uh, you know, had an inter- interesting flavor profile. <laughs> it's like minute to like, I am working at, at in my home or I'm developing skills right now. To, that's like the positive view. Or you could say like, I can't make my business work. I can't find a job right now. I can't do these things. Oh, I love this. I'm just I- paraphrasing Brene Brown, but she's like, I- I'm a huge fan of hers. <laughs> Uh, yes, I can. We can all see why. Yes. And 500 million other people. (laughs) There's a reason she's, she's who she is. No, it's fantastic. So I love, I love that. Now I want to take a transition and actually talk about go to market right now, because first off, I want to talk still kind of staying on the same subject because you said the way that you created this business is very different and intentional. I think you can hear the intentionality of Amanda's experience through all of her businesses, but how you created the intentionality of this one now and tying like, so this new business, how did you tie it to your goals with motherhood? Sure. Well, um, first step is that, so I have a business partner in this business. Her name is Jessie. She was my designer on Urban Girl Squad and she and I work together really well. We have completely opposite skill sets. Um, in key the- to a partnership. Let me tell, I'm yep. just jumping in there. Key to a part. Do not partner with anyone that has same skill sets, skill sets. That's fantastic. Keep going to me. Yes. Oh my God. Like I, if I could etch that on a pillow. That's what I would do. Um, find a business partner with opposite skill sets. Um, you know, in the way that I'm like, let's do podcasts and calls and photo shoots. She's like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I mean, she's friendly, but like (laughs) she wants to just like sit and like do her work. She's like very introverted. I'm very extroverted. Um, and so it's very clear 
when a task comes up, like who is going to do it. Um, and she has kids the same age as my kids. Uh, I just knew that she and I had very similar values and approaches to work-life balance. So when I approached her with this business idea and I said, do you want to do this with me? You know, we were just sort of very clear about like, yeah, the first week in, in September, the last week in December, this, you know, presidents week in February, we're not working because we're home with our kids and uh, we can't make it happen. Right. And so we very much have each other's backs with this. And, uh, you know, I think it would be really hard if one of us was like, you know, we, we got to like grow, grow, grow. We have to like work around the clock. And one of us is like, uh, actually, you know, my son has a recital. And so I can't make that call. It's like, anytime something comes up in our personal lives, it's like, I got you, uh, I, I got your back or there's just an understanding there. So we keep the pace with each other um, and for each other. So that's really helpful. And the other thing that, you know, helped me with work-life balance obviously was choosing the partner, but, um, the industry, right? Like mm -hmm. think about, you know, nurses during COVID, you know, it's like, you don't go into a profession, like you don't work in an emergency room if you're looking for like a slow and steady pace. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, it was super important to me to not do anything event related because I know what that's like. And events are always on fire. They're extremely time sensitive and time based. Um, there's always a rush before there's like a come down after. Um, and I was like, I don't want to have to be anywhere at a particular time and I don't want to travel for work. Um, and I think I really think like everything came together in this really beautiful way that I wish everyone could replicate. I think that I, I don't have a formula. I mean, if I were an Instagram influencer, I would tell you like, here are the 10 steps I took to like make the perfect business and how you could do it too. It's like, it just doesn't work that way. Um, but hopefully, you know, your listeners can glean a few things here and there that could help them on their journey. Well, I think the the one thing is just setting boundaries, right? Like based upon your previous experience, you also knew exactly what you wanted to create. And these were boundaries and values that you were not going to let cross in this business. And it is okay to say, I will not do this, you know? And, and that is, we don't have to say yes to everything, you know? I, and I remember in, in my twenties and early thirties, I mean, it was yes to everything, even if I hated it, you know, and especially climbing the corporate ladders. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do that learning opportunity. Sure. <laughs> I'll take that on, you know? And it's like, you don't have to, when uh -huh. you had very clear idea of what you wanted to create and you put it into, into the position. I'm sure there's been I mean, you share, has there been any like opportunities where you've been like, Ooh, okay. Like we, we have like this week coming off of school, but we have these three projects coming. How are we going to navigate finishing these up? Or do we tell the client or what have you, have you had, well, we're, we're very, I think that one thing that's really cool about our business, I think there are a lot of things that are cool, but one is like, we're super transparent. So when I, when we're setting up, um, meetings with clients, we're just like, yeah, we don't, we're not working a ton of hours at the end of August. So, you know, let's get you started in early August or let's get you started in early September. It's just mm -hmm. like, 
matter of fact, we're not apologizing. Like we're going to work really hard and we're going to do fantastic work, but we're also not going to, uh, like jump off a bridge of insanity, like to please you in the middle of the night. That doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense, but you, you know what I mean? We're not gonna, um, we're gonna hold our boundaries there. And, you know, another thing that applies to is we've had some, a few, not a lot, like very difficult clients. And we're just on the same page of like, this is not the business that we want to run. And so, you know, we'll walk away from money sometimes to have a better work situation and be like, we would rather give this person their money back and not be spoken to this way. Um, and we're on the same page about that. And that's also work-life balance, even though that's not time. Um, it's, it's like your energy battery. Mm -hmm. And if you're being criticized or you're, you know, hating talking to someone or you're feeling undervalued, we really, Jesse and I really value coming back to, uh, like walking away from money to come back to our values. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I, I think it's incredibly important that you have that. And it's also even like on a much bigger picture, Amanda, I don't know if you guys have thought about this is that you have a very abundant mindset in that it's okay. If we say no to this one, because there's another, yes, there's another one out there. And that's something that, I mean, with sales and with all of that, like it's okay to get a no, no's are fine. Takes you much closer to the next yes. And that's okay. Sometimes if you have to turn away that, that client that potentially might not be a good fit. Yeah. And I'm sure people listening are like, that's true for them, but not for me. Cause that's what I would be thinking if Mm -hmm. I heard that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I assure you that it's not like, take a long-term view. It's good. You know, the, the cost, the mental, emotional, physical cost of dealing with a client who is harming you mentally, physically, emotionally, or just like talking to you in a rude way. It's just not, it's just not worth it. This is not the business we chose. We want to work with people we like, we want to work with. And for the most part we do, you know, this is like 95% of our clients. Like we love them. We love working with them. We like building their business. It's just, you know, every now and then you get surprised by someone and you're like, Whoa, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you cannot talk to us like that. Um, or, you know, demand, I don't know. Now I'm spending too much time talking about like the bad apple, the one bad apple, but, but it's um, good to share the one bad apple because yeah. it does happen, you know, it does. it's, it's, a, and but- I really think it's an important part of work-life balance because it, we never, I never want to be in a position where we're like hating our work or hating our jobs. God, no, like that would, no, no, I've been there in a position and it was not fun. And it, and that really, we're not going to go here, but that really can start taking like an effect on your health that can take an effect on your other relationships, your family dynamic, like a lot of that can seep in. So that one client that you think you have to have, or you can't say no to it's again, what you said, look at the bigger picture have the the forethought to be like, whoa, okay, this is going to seep into other areas. And and I got to get rid of that cancer right now. Mm-hmm. And the bigger picture beyond your business, even mm-hmm. like, even mm-hmm. if it hurts your business, what's happening in your life, which is, I think another thing that Instagram is missing, right? It's like, oh you're, yeah, you're building your business in this way or that way. But like what's happening in the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. Um, okay. So you said one thing. You're like, when you're helping your clients build your build their business, 
I love that. Okay. So first off, like, I just love how you are speaking about it, the terminology that you're using, but I know that you create strategies around a company's branded merchandise to help grow their business. How do you partner? Like, how does that even happen? Because I want to share this like little tidbit before we dive into this and, and maybe the listeners, you guys can listen in and like relate to this is, have you ever gone to some event and you get this swag bag and the swag bag is filled with stuff that you will never use. You can tell cost pennies and maybe isn't like, it's not even usable items. And you almost feel like for me, when I've gotten like, Oh, here's the swag bag. You're going to, you paid up more for this. Here you go. And it's such a letdown. It almost kills the value of me. Like how I feel like how I feel that they feel about me. I just paid to be here. And the swag bag is so poorly put together with poor items that I just feel like, well, they really don't care. This was just a gimmick. I'm nodding like a bobblehead for people who are listening. (laughs) Yep. Yep. All right. So share how you actually like can change that. It's very neat what you do. Awesome. So what we do is we work with businesses again, to come up with a strategy for merchandise. So merchandise is so much more than something you give your team when they get started, like an onboarding gift. I see this on LinkedIn all the time. People are like onboarding swag and they've got like a logo shirt, a logo water bottle, a logo sticker, a logo uh, cookie and uh, like a sweatband. And it's like, what the hell? Like, you're not happy about this or they they're happy to have received a gift, but like what happens after that? Right. So like, I would love for companies and I coach companies to think about how are you going to create something that people are going to cherish, that people are going to keep in the long run, that they're going to like and use to become a brand ambassador for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so we think a lot about brand values and how you can translate brand values onto, uh, merchandise. So for example, I'm wearing a shirt right now that says merch boss, and it's written in one of the fonts of our business. Um, I have lots of stuff that says peace, love merch. It says, love your merch. We love merch. Um, and it's all, or like swag boss, like it's all fun, joyful, on brand for go to market. So anytime you see me online, I'm wearing one of these things. You'll never see me without it. And there's so much strategy there, right? Like as business owners, we often think that people know what we're selling or like they know what what's different about what we're doing or like what's different about our value. And they actually don't. Only a very small percentage of the people who follow you actually know those things. Mm -hmm. So if you show up in your feed and you're wearing your brand, especially Mm -hmm. if you're wearing it consistently and you're wearing something that's more than your logo, first of all, the people who follow you are going to understand you better. The people who relate to you will relate to you more. Uh, You'll be wearing things that people will actually like want to wear themselves or gift to others. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're just increasing your brand awareness in general. So the way we do all that is that we develop a print on demand store. So uh, we've talked a lot about print on demand, what, but I haven't actually defined it. So what it means is that each item is printed as it's ordered. So like the blanks exist all over the country in different printers all over the place. And 
when you order something, Shelly, you find something online, you, you pick the style color shape that you want it in. It's printed for you and shipped to you in Arizona. Mm-hmm. For me, mine might be printed in New Jersey or Pennsylvania and shipped to me locally in that sense. Um, the technology is the same everywhere. So like the print quality, uh, I mean, we do a lot of testing of our own, um, to know the best printers, but like the technology is pretty consistent and, uh, it's just like extremely efficient. So real quick, before we dive into the show, I wanted to share that I'm working on my social media presence by focusing on Instagram and LinkedIn. Definitely still learning the LinkedIn game, but it's actually a lot more enjoyable and I can say it's pretty fun. But I can tell you what I love the most is connecting and learning from other like-minded professionals. So if we aren't connected on either platform, I would love to learn more about you and connect together. Go ahead, shoot me a DM, follow me, tag me, let's connect. Let's have some fun elevating our health while we are building our wealth. Uh, the last thing I'll say, uh, it's not the last thing I'll say, the last thing I'll say right now is that um, when you have a print on demand store, people are so much happier because they choose what they want. So mm. not only is it size inclusive, I'm sure all of us have had the experience of looking somewhere and like our size is not there, especially for larger bodied or smaller bodied people. Um, they're often excluded from branded merchandise. Uh, and like as a company, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be like, um, we're going to be inclusive of people between these sizes. It's like, no, no, no. Everyone can be your customer. Mm-hmm. Anyone in any size can be your customer. And then you can really suit people's tastes, right? So there are people who want to wear big, loud messages. There are people who absolutely do not want to wear big, loud messages. And you can create a variety of options for people, direct them to your store, and they check out on their own and it ships to them without you being involved in the process. I love the choices, you know, yeah. uh, because choices, I think is such a big thing because not only do, does it create inclusiveness, but it also empowers them to be able like, they're making their own choices on what they want. Right. And if they're wearing your brand or your colors or your logo or what have you, how they're wearing it, if it's all created based upon the store front that you guys create, it's like, you're happy. It's like, why not give people multiple choices? You know, I mean, it's like um, Cheesecake Factory, you know, they have a book for a menu. They can suit everybody's taste buds for the moment, you know? So I really love kind of that perspective on on offering choices. Yes, of course, we try not to offer as many options as Cheesecake Factory. We (laughs) uh, like it to be a bit more editorial than that. But in general, you want to have options for people who want... um, office wear and not apparel for people who want apparel and not office wear for people who want stuff for their kids, stuff for their pets, whatever it is like that kind of stuff is available. Um, so that there really is something for everyone. And then when you talk about creating like another profit center, do you partner with like their marketing team or how do you help drive that as an actual profit center for the business potentially? So In order for merch, so merch can drive business in two ways. One, it's part of your marketing strategy and your brand awareness, and it's building your business as any other piece of your marketing would, Mm -hmm. right? It's showing up in your social media. It's helping you upsell programs. It's encouraging people to 
uh, go in the six month membership instead of the three month membership or sign up by a certain deadline. It's a fundraiser. It's a, it's a rally around, right? It's a reward for people who have taken 50 classes with you. It's like, it's a community builder and a gift builder builder and like brand awareness and brand ambassadors. And it builds your business that way. That's like the primary piece for it to become its own profit center. You need to dedicate a lot of time and energy for it. So there are people online who are like, oh yeah, merch is passive income. It's like, it's absolutely not passive income. It's its own business if you want it to be. But if you're developing really cool stuff and showing up in it and you have a large audience, like they will buy it. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that happen with some of our clients who have usually it's for our clients who have a really strong message. Um, And that message resonates really strongly with their followers. And then the followers want to buy it and own it. And then they will repost it. And then it's like this very virtuous cycle of sales. Um, But it doesn't happen accidentally and it doesn't happen without effort. So I always like to be really transparent about that. It, and intention, like here you are again, Amanda, with like adding additional intention to what you're doing. You know, it's not like you like put up the store and you're like, okay, good luck. See you later. Like, bye. I, I'm sure there's, you know, reviews, different products, different seasonalities, different sayings. I, I'm like already right now, just thinking of a lot of different ways that businesses can use this. For what sure. has been like your main when you, when it comes to brand awareness, because I think like there, I, I'm hesitating to say this because branding, I think there are so many different perspectives and I don't necessarily want to say that one is better than the other or one is right. And one is wrong. That's not what I'm saying here, but like creating brand awareness through merchandise. What have you seen as some of the best tactics to be able to do that? Sure. So it's through some of the strategies that I've already said, but like, if you have a strong brand value message and you, and if you're showing up on your social feed on LinkedIn, Instagram, um, Facebook, anything where, where you have like a human doing like reels or posts or whatever it is, and they're wearing your stuff, like that is so powerful. It's like a billboard in Times Square. It's getting in front of lots of eyeballs, with your message, with your personality, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then another way, especially if you're a local business to find ways to distribute the merchandise to people who care about your business. So like, again, rewarding people who have been with you for a year or who buy over a certain amount, like they get your merchandise with it. And again, very important, they get to choose their merchandise because if you're sending them something, you're sending them junk. If you're choosing for them, you're sending them junk pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, So then those people start wearing your stuff and it's really about creating something beautiful that people actually want to wear. If people are out in the world wearing your brand, like that is super powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's like high quality. Like that's the other thing that like you not only create choices for the purchaser, but also for the businesses that you work with. Right. I'm sure like price and different quality standards are there because sometimes Sometimes, dang it, you just want a pen, but sometimes you want like the very nice, you know, item and it just, it just changes. And so do you work with them to be able to pick out the items based upon their values? 
So we do it all. We're like the wedding planners and merchandise. We take, we go from start to beginning. We come up with all the designs. We come up with all the expression. We do research on our clients' brands. Uh, we offer a lot of different design choices. We go back and forth until they have a set of designs that they love. Then they order samples of everything. If they're like, this t-shirt is too boxy, it's too tight, it's too thin, it's too thick, whatever. We'll like switch things out in the back end until they find the exact one that they like. Then we build out the store on their site so that the people who are shopping have, um, a fully like, so that they're not kicked to a third party site, a fully integrated experience. Um, and then, you know, on the back end, the business can create gift codes, discount codes, gift cards, any kind of, uh, you know, sale so that if somebody is like, well, how do I offer a reward for something? It's like, okay, then you give a person a $50 gift code or hundred dollars off their store, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Wow. And then, so with merchandise and like kind of going forward, because I feel like this is changing all the time, the quality, the availability, the the styles, where do you see merch being in marketing strategies for business? Like two to three to five years from now. Do you see sure. it? So I think that there are, well, we work with clients like over the years that we can always like update their offerings. So like Right now, for example, clients from three years ago all had like scoop neck tank tops. And now I'm like, let's make them muscle tanks or like add in some crop tops or, you know, if it's a younger business, you know, here are some bucket hats or whatever it is. But for the most part, we're creating evergreen items that are not super duper trendy where you're going to want them now and not want them in a year, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're creating beautiful t-shirts and sweatshirts and tote bags and all of the things that you think of when you think of branded merchandise, except we're putting a beautiful, interesting, engaging design on them so that you want to keep them in the long run, right? Like if you think about your favorite t-shirt, it's probably not because it's got a weird shape or like it fits in a particular way. It probably has some design on it that you really love and relate to. So mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to harness. I love that relatability. You know, I think it's like when you, I, I just think about actually, Chris, I'll, I'll just share. It was really interesting. Chris, my husband, uh, we have a construction company. All my listeners know this. And on the job site this morning, we had three guys there and they were all wearing like our branded shirts. Yes, and Chris called me and he was like, it was so great on the site. Like everyone looked crisp and clean. And like for us, you know, not only do they have the shirt that they're wearing, but it's also um, kind of one of our rules that they have a clean shirt in the car because as they, I mean, we're on construction sites, you get dirty is like, if you're going to a new site or we have a client interaction, ha having that shirt to like change into that not only is the brand that shows who we are, but the cleanliness behind it. So like, yeah. I love that because it just shows such a connection. I, I really think that branded merch and, and the choice that they can buy it because a lot of times when there's branded merch, and, and I'm relating this to, to the horse industry, which I shared with you, Amanda, where it was like different trainers or businesses or stallion owners or what have you would just like give away all this stuff. And when you kind of give it all away, it really holds no value. Yeah, it exactly. It holds no value. And they might use it for a little bit. And if you're giving it away, you're probably buying not the nicest, more, you know, quality driven. Dan t-shirt. 
Yes. We all can picture, close our eyes and and picture it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so it's, it's like, well, I, I do see the, the point in like giving it out again. I'm not saying one is bad or, or one is, is good. But what I am saying is when you have it there as a choice for them to, to purchase, they have now bought into your company. They have bought into your brand or your saying. And I love that you provide that opportunity to businesses because so many businesses out there do have those core values that people align with. And that's why they do business with them at the end of the day. And if they can wear it or show it or have it on their desk, why wouldn't you give people that option? Right. It's also really nice for service-based businesses um, for people to have a tangible connection to the work that they did. Nice. Now, do you say that most of your clients are service-based or product-based businesses? It's a mix, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a lot of service-based. I love that. Okay. Well, and that's the thing is like service-based businesses, there's plenty, plenty of opportunity for them to add another product line or profit center for their business. 100%. So Amanda, what I'd love to just kind of get from you now, like we have talked about all kinds of different things. So if you're still with us, I love it that you're still with us and you're going to want to stay tuned, stay till the end. Amanda, what, what would you say going back to now your third business, right? We had an up, we kind of had it down. We raised a family. We came back up into this new business where you are right now. What's one thing that you wish you knew maybe 10 years ago? Oh my God. That could have saved you time or money. <laughs> I think I wish I knew 10 years ago. Um, I would tell my younger self to have the confidence to know that I will figure it out, which sounds really generic and maybe like not super, I don't, I don't know. Um, But I think that I struggled so much with this panic of like, if I don't figure out what it is that I'm going to be doing, and this is very New York city by a certain time, like I'm done, I'll never figure it out. And it's like, that's really (laughs) short-sighted. And I think it's because, you know, around the time that all of my friends were going to get master's degrees, I knew that a master's degree wasn't right for me because I didn't know what I wanted to be doing. And I, again, did not want to be in a situation where I'm now in debt and have a degree and still don't know what I want to do. Right. So like, I wasn't going to do something just for the sake of doing it, but again, it was really uncomfortable. And in all of these stages, so like before I started my first business, it's like, am I ever going to find something that I'm passionate about? And then after urban girl spot, it's like, okay, I did one successful business. Was it a fluke? Am I ever going to be able to do that again? Like, was I lucky uh, and now I'm not going to do it again. Right. And then in the second business that obviously didn't work out, it was like, okay, well maybe that is true. And the first business was a fluke and I won't be successful again. And now it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, it's just like, have the confidence to, to take the long-term view and know if it's not working out now, this day is not the day that you're going to live in. This is not groundhog day. We're not going to be here for the rest of our lives. Right. Like we're going to keep evolving we can have confidence to know that things are going to grow and change. I just love that. I love that. Amanda, thank you so much for um, <laughs> joining us today and just all the like heart. And if you're tuning in on YouTube, like you can just see Amanda's heart. You can hear it. If you're listening on your phone or you're on the treadmill right now, whatever you're doing, you can just hear it. So Amanda, thank you so much. I really just want to commend you for like sharing not only like 
I mean, you shared the good, the bad, like running a business is not unicorns and rainbows. It is hard, but you kept taking action and you had that courage to keep moving forward. So I just love that you shared that with us today. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Where's the best place for everyone to follow along with you and go to market? Sure. Um, three main places. So the website is go to market.studio. Our Instagram is go to market studio. And on LinkedIn, you can find me Amanda Hoffman. Uh, my last name has one F H O F M A N. Um, and if you DM me on LinkedIn or Instagram, I will respond. I love talking about merchandise. So come at me with your questions. I love it. I love it. And I will link everything in the show notes, everybody. So don't worry about it. You'll have easy access to Amanda. So thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you next time.